Hey everybody, C-Note here, and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is like toilet paper, the most useful thing in your day. Today, I want to talk about desperation. Desperation is something that has been really plaguing my life lately, and something that I, you know, we see all the time. We think about it in regards to money and in relationships and wanting to keep us someone close to us, or in situations when we are financially struggling and we are hoping that someone will just buy the thing, right? So today I want to talk about desperation in a couple of its forms, how it's been showing up for me, and maybe some ways that we can, you know, mitigate some of that desperation. So with that, let's hit the button, do the thing here on Dopamine. Let's go. Drums, please. <laughs> All right, welcome to the show. Hope you guys are doing well. We're we're kicking it a little old school today, only because I'm having some difficulties with my setup at uh, at my desk. For some reason, my microphone's not working, and also, I think we have a neighbor that just moved in, and they're, like, hanging all sorts of stuff in the wall that is adjacent to the wall that I podcast on. <laughs> so, uh, there's, like, they were, like, very loud and sporadic uh, drilling sounds from the other room. Or they're a serial killer, and I, I just haven't really figured that out yet, but... Um, as it stands, I would rather just go into the bedroom and use my headphones and do it old school as opposed to not putting something out. And I think that is a really important segue into desperation (laughs) in, in one way, shape or form. Um, desperation is like really one of the ways that I, reasons I started this podcast. So we're probably going to start out by saying that sometimes desperation can be a good thing. Sometimes desperation um, can be a way of cataloging and understanding the desire of what you're, what what you desire, basically, what you're looking for, what you're striving for, what you actually want, and what you feel would make you happier, better, etc. Now it's important to assess what actually is going on, right? Because sometimes you could think that something's going to make you happier when it isn't, and therefore you're desperate for that specific thing. But um, sometimes when you're really desperate to get out of a situation, that's when some of the best art is created. Sometimes that is when the best, uh, the, the next path is revealed for you. So this podcast started because I was feeling a lot of desperation around my marriage and previous life in San Diego, and I was struggling to feel alive and struggling to feel like myself. And I did not have any emotional outlets. I did not have connection tools. Um, I was far away from my friends. Uh, I wasn't connecting with my wife and I was just having a lot of really difficult, um, experiences. And that led me to continue to reach out to people. Now, I originally did that in not so great of a way, and there's an episode called Infidelity, if you want to go check that out, where I kind of talk about that a little bit, where I I ended up putting a lot of my focus and attention into emotionally infidelitous situations, whereas uh, since I wasn't connecting romantically with my wife emotionally, 
that I was seeking emotional comfort in other places and that ended up being romantically with other women in my life. And I, at some point, decided and wanting, wanted to have healthier expressions of my emotions and what I needed and looking for connection. And I ended up starting this podcast. I actually ended up signing up for Anchor because it was something that Gary Vee recommended that people try to do to start a podcast. And I thought I would check it out. And at the time, it was like a simpler version of the app. It was not something that um, uh, that you could really do as easily as you can now. And it was something that uh, was meant to be more of a connection tool. It was really something that was kind of a radio station version of podcasts, and which I still think there's a market for that, but that's another time. Um, but at the time, it was really easy to just like listen to stories and connect to people and call into people's stations, leave your opinion. People would say, hey, that's cool. And a lot of people were really community focused and encouraged to speak with each other. And that gave me a place to sort of put my desperation, to put my energy, to kind of feel like there was a way out, that I wasn't stuck, that I could go somewhere and do something important um, with my life and my time and my energy. So for me, I was sort of desperate to get out and I was clawing and looking for ways out instead of just kind of sitting still, right? So that's where like sometimes desperation or that feeling can be a bit of fuel for you to find a way out of your situation kind of depends on what you're dealing with really but I think essentially desperation is a challenge of feeling like you have no time or you have no energy or you have no way out and usually that's not completely the case maybe it's a situation where yes you do have to be patient maybe you need to give a little bit more time to the scenario that you're in and really think about what this desperation is is coming from and where it's going. So what I mean by that is, are you feeling a sense of desperation because of external pressures? Are you feeling a sense of desperation because you feel like you're supposed to be something or you're supposed to be at a certain place? And usually that thought of feeling like you're supposed to be somewhere can be very arresting. Like, you know, and, and feeling a desperate plea to be in that place as if as if you're going to close your eyes and you're suddenly going to be transported to success and that's just never going to happen sorry to say that's just not how anything works right and I've been doing this podcast for about two and a half years now uh, seeing some people sign up for courses is really amazing starting to see this thing form into some sort of a uh, tool a connective tool and wanting to give some of these lessons that I've learned to other people has like been starting to become established a little bit and that's really amazing but it all started from that desperation place however I needed to put it into action so right now what I'm experiencing in life is a difficulty when it comes to finances we're definitely feeling desperate around finances but desperation and the action that desperation wants us to commit usually don't line up very well so a lot of the time when someone who's trying to be an entrepreneur, they're trying to start their own business, they're trying to do whatever, we end up pushing too much when we want something to happen externally, especially if we want someone else to do something, we can get a little pushy about it and start to be like one of those guys in the mall that is like, you know, trying to get you to smell his perfume so that he can like lure you in <laughs> and you just kind of getting in your face and being pushy about it. And it can definitely be a challenge to 
separate your desperation from your goals and what you're working on. Because a lot of the time, if you're trying to become a coach, you're trying to be a creator, a freelancer of some kind, it's going to take some patience for you to find the right people that you work with. Because sometimes desperation is going to force you to find someone that is going to be a temporary patch or fix. And you're sort of sacrificing the long term for the short term. You know, desperation, while sometimes it can definitely force that, you know, you still have decisions that you can make to make things a little bit better for yourself. So even if you have to be so broke that consumables like toilet paper and toothbrushes and toothpaste and things like that are basically luxuries, you still have to be smart in terms of what you choose depending on your budget because you need these things to last as long as possible. So if you get super cheap toilet paper, it's gonna just fall apart and it's not really gonna, you're gonna end up using more toilet paper on your bum than you would if you bought something that was gonna spend, that was gonna utilize, you know, more of the value of that dollar, right? If you got something that's two ply versus one ply, you could have the same sheet count and because you spent a dollar more on the two ply, it's going to last you a little bit longer. Maybe you have to ration depending on the desperation of the situation, but desperation doesn't mean you have to be stupid about it, right? I don't say stupid insultingly, but I just mean, you know, you can still be intelligent about your choices, right? So desperation can can cause, especially me, someone that I'm an Enneagram five. So I've definitely had situations, especially in the last two years where we've been pretty broke and, you know, it's like we had to make ration type of choices. And sometimes those choices came at the result or the, um, yeah, it came with the result of me sort of sacrificing my needs in favor of my partner's wants. Uh, which is not a good balance either, right? I want to make sure that she's happy and she's taken care of, but uh, if I'm just eating all the scraps and not enjoying it, then that has a bit of a weight on our relationship and that's not healthy and ha- and, and happy for us either, right? So, and she wouldn't want that. Like, I don't, I don't always tell her that I did that, but she wouldn't want me to do that anyway, right? So it's definitely important to consider your needs in relation to your relationship or in relation to, um, you know, managing and buying the things that you want to buy. Uh, it's another example of that is if you buy a cheap pair of Payless shoes, you're going to be replacing them in a month or two. Now it depends on the situation, right? Like if you can't afford to pay more than that, then that's the, that's the reality of it. Like that's just what you have to do right now. But if you have the option to spend 10 to $20 more to buy something that's going to last you twice as long, that's a good purchase that you don't have to think about again. So recently, another example of that was I have these um, multivitamins that I buy that there are these like chewable things. They're 140 chewables. And I went to the store and they're expensive. They're like 20 bucks a bottle. And, but they give me more energy. They kind of help me with my nutrition Um, they're definitely valuable in that sense. So I had to take a look at this and see what I could do. It was two for $30 and I, I was like super struggling with my budget and trying to figure this out, but I, I had the wiggle room a little bit though. 
I knew it was going to hurt <laughs> to, to spend this money, but I also knew that this was going to be a one-time purchase, like once every three months. There's basically, I did the basic math, like two, um, chewables a day. There's 140 per bottle, 280 bottles. So that's uh, 140 days. That's what three and a half months. That's a long time for $30. So that's totally worth it. Right. It's like not something you can necessarily say for every situation, right? It's not like it, it, it's not something that you can give yourself the excuse to do for like a new jean jacket when you already have six of them, right? <laughs> you know, we're getting into basic financial cho choices and decisions, but um, the idea here is that if you are in a sense of a place of desperation to try to not let that cloud your judgment and be able to make the decisions that maybe are going to hurt emotionally or cognitively in the short term, but are going to alleviate some of that stress in the long term. And that's sort of the basic idea of what I'm talking about here in relation to finances. I'm Mo Rocca, and I'm excited to announce season four of my podcast, Mobituaries. I've got a whole new bunch of stories to share with you about the most fascinating people and things who are no longer with us. From famous figures who died on the very same day to the things I wish would die, like buffets, all that and much more. Listen to Mobituaries with Mo Rocca wherever you get your podcasts. Inspired by the life of the savvy and ambitious Colombian businesswoman Griselda Blanco comes a new Netflix original limited series. Griselda tells the story of a devoted mother who, with her lethal blend of charm and relentless savagery, creates one of the most powerful cartels in history. Witness Sofia Vergara's captivating transformation into the godmother of the underworld. Griselda, now streaming only on Netflix. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. So I guess this episode's a little bit turning into a desperation in relation to finances because, I don't know, I guess that's really what's going on in my life right now. I'll talk a little bit about relationships too, but but mostly what's going on in my life is the um, finance stuff. And there have been some relationship sort of desperation moments, which let me, let me do, let me talk about that first. So, you know, desperation in... Desperation often relates to anxiety, which often relates to the future and what's coming next, the sense of the unknown. We're um, wanting to keep everything the same as it is right now. Um, I know in relation to my relationship, like my relationship is the, the happiest it's ever been. This is the best time of my life. It's been a struggle with... Um, feeling like I can get my financial footing going, but 
I'm starting to realize also that I've been having to let go in order to learn how to hold on again. That's like another thing for another time. But that means I've been pretty rigid when it comes to like external pressures and uh, sticking to timelines and schedules and things like that. And with this season of my life, I've been really having to learn how to do that on my own esteem in my own way. And that means, you know, having to be with a partner. Now I'm, I'm with a partner who's definitely a little bit more um, freeform and looser and fun and easygoing. And, um, you know, we, <laughs> we tend to want to eat ice cream every night. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's really easy to give into bad habits and influence each other in that way. And, you know, it's just, it's been the happiest I've ever experienced. It's been just absolutely amazing. And I have moments for sure where I think about that a lot and I get really upset when I'm not in the present moment. When I start thinking about the future, whether that's in the distant future when we'll eventually die and, or, you know, at some point when maybe things won't work out and you start playing out a million scenarios in your head. And those anxieties can create this manufactured sense of desperation in a healthy relationship, or you could feel a sense of desperation in a relationship that is not doing so well, and you're not sure what's going to happen. You're not sure when things are going to fall apart. You're not sure if you're going to break up. You're not sure, you know, what to say to the other person. You don't know how to communicate. You know, there's a sense of desperation that instead of working through your problems, instead of actually talking to them, you just want to cling tighter. Now, Molly and I talk about this concept with each other called the open hand relationship. It's different from an open relationship. That's not something I recommend anyone should do (laughs) personally. Um, But it depends on your level of security. I suppose people do that in a way that's uh, working for them. Uh, so they claim, and uh, that's me being judgy, by the way. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, whatever works, though. But Bali and I talk about this open open hand relationship concept, and it's really about not trying to control each other. And I think that's some of the biggest issues that we've both experienced in our past relationships, and what we've seen in so many relationships and other people is this desire to control our partner because of the insecurities that we feel about ourselves or about the present moment. You know, not really appreciating what's going on right now or fearing change, feeling, fearing that someone doesn't love you as much as they say they do, um, fearing that you know, communicating something is going to reveal something that's going to force a change to happen. And having to go through that is hard. It's difficult. It's frustrating. It feels terrible. But if you hold on to that feeling of avoidance, that's when that desperation is going to come in, in the relationship sense, because you're just going to try to keep everything the way that it is, which is usually some sense of complacency, right? You come home, you stare at the TV, you sit next to each other, you barely hold hands, you barely look at each other, you barely talk, you make maybe a little bit of small talk, and then don't know where to go from there, right? I mean, plenty of us have been there, I've seen it, I've experienced it, it's not a great feeling, and really what the goal is there is you have to open dialogue. So opening dialogue lets go of that desperation. It's in the same way that it's in the same way that if you are buying cheap shoes, you're going to have to keep buying cheap shoes. (laughs) Uh, But if you take the time 
to spend a little bit more energy, a little bit more time, a little bit more emotional capacity in, and put it into this relationship that might mean sacrificing a night of watching your favorite TV show with your partner or um, a week of that or calling off of work so you can go and take take care of tender to the relationship that that's going to cost you that's going to cost you emotional energy that's going to cost you some pain that's going to cost you some work and what that refers to is also secondary payoffs and secondary gains, which is an episode I've done a few episodes ago about this concept of assuming that growth is only going to only going to lead to pain. So second, that's what secondary losses are. Secondary gains is that bad habits are going to continue to, to favor you, whereas secondary losses is the assumption that growth is only going to lead to bad things. And in the context of a relationship, especially in trying to maintain a sense of desperation, secondary loss in that situation is that if you talk about your feelings with your partner, you might lose them. And that's a risk that you have to take if you want to remove that desperation, that guesswork, that assumption work that is going to sort of feed into that feeling for you. You know, uh, it's, it's hard because it depends on different personality types. It depends on how you approach conversations and relationships and all of this stuff. But communication is the thing, regardless of how you get there, which is also why I teach these courses around personality typology, because I feel like that helps connectivity, that helps relationships understanding your partner understanding yourself allows you to understand how they respond emotionally or what they care about or you know maybe you're two ships passing in the night and you just have no idea what the other person actually cares about or what they're thinking you know you could be two introverts that are just not speaking to each other because you're talking in your head too much or you could be an introvert extrovert pair that your extrovert partner might not be getting the reactions from you that they need, the affirmations from you that they need, even though you're saying them in your head. And, you know, and, but this is turning into more relationshipy context stuff. But really, the idea here is that desperation is not an excuse to not go forward and try to make it work, right? So, the desperation of trying to make a patchwork fix of let's try some weird role play <laughs> or let's uh let's just go on a vacation let's go get married let's have a baby and try to fix the relationship that way those are desperate moves and those are not going to lead to healthy things because you are not fixing the core of what's wrong which is usually some form of communication and really being honest about where you are and what you want those are really where it's at that's the thing when it comes to a relationship, external things, those external uh, uh, life markers, those relationship markers to show some sense of approval to the outside world that your relationship is okay. Those are desperate moves those are duct tapes. Basically, those are ways to try to patch the relationship to try to make it work when it's not working. So I would implore you, absolutely, do not get married when you're not ready. Do not have a baby when you're not ready. Do not do any of those things when you are not ready because those are not things that are going to quote unquote fix your relationship. You need to do that first. You need to communicate first. You need to discuss things. You need to make sure that you're both happy, not just assume that you are happy, therefore your partner is happy, 
but you both need to speak up, speak to each other and be real, you know, and be real in a way that's not necessarily rude, you know, but be honest and be kind to each other and, you know, communicate and try to move things forward. So you don't end up in a place where you're trying to become desperately trying to seek this, some sort of, you know, patchwork fix or anything like that. So in regards to the open hand relationship, you know, with Molly and I, again, it was about control. And when you get into a desperate situation, you try to control the situation, regardless of your personality type, some way or another, you try to control the situation. You try to control how the other person is going to perceive you or how they behave, behave, or how they are going to um, express themselves to you. You know, you try to just quote unquote, nag them, you know, nagging, that's a male and female trait, by the way. Uh, nagging is something that is the result of someone trying to control another person, right? You're not doing the thing that I expect you to or want you to. Therefore, instead of legit- legitimately telling you how that feels for me, I have to just try to force you to do the thing that I need you to do or want you to do by bugging you about it and harassing you about it. That's what essentially it is. It's harassment. And that's not good for a relationship. You just have to remember that you're human and you're partners and you're together and nobody in this relationship has to be together. And I think deep down, we know that that's why we get the desperation feeling. That's why we get to this place of like feeling like we need to cling tighter or we need to control the person or we need to have them express love to us when maybe they don't. And we're not willing to listen to what they actually feel or be able to express what we actually feel because there's fear and fear means anything could happen. But I am a person that believes wholeheartedly that the only way out is through. And I think in any form of desperation, whether it's with financial challenges um, and with uh, your relationship, you know, the only way out is through. And in the financial context, that means you have to spend a little more sometimes to make a better financial choice. It's not just about being greedy and holding it in and saying, no, we can't spend this at all, but to make better choices and spend better. You know, it's not about not communicating at all and avoiding problems in your relationship, but learning how to communicate better and communicate effectively and communicate honest, authentic and correct things that are going to be beneficial to the growth of your relationship. So that's really where all of that lies in these two contexts. So the third context I was going to talk about, and I'll just kind of recover it briefly, briefly (laughs) is um, talking about the entrepreneur context. And when you are trying to, um, this really kind of fits into the finances thing, but essentially if you're trying to be desperate and you're trying to force someone to buy something, I know so that when people get into starting their own business, maybe they're selling sunglasses or they're selling, they're creating art or they are trying to start a service or they're trying to coach, you know, the easy thing to do is to just be like, Hey guys, I'm coaching. Uh, if anybody wants one, just message me or, uh, please buy it now. It's two 99. Uh, I really need it, <laughs> you know? Um, and you kind of skip all of the relationship aspects of trying to build a business in a company, like any successful business, like you, you should think about yourself as like a small local business. People go to the local business because they know the owner or they know the person behind the counter. They know the barista or they, they, they like the community aspect. They know that everyone goes to this place. They know that this is where they, where everyone should go or it's comfy. It's cozy. It feels good. You know, it provides some sort of value to the other person. 
and desperation again is the same in this context of trying to control the outcome you're trying to control the other person to do what you want them to do in this case you want them to buy something from you but you need them to do it right now because you have to pay your bills or because you want that pokemon game or something and <laughs> you know you try to, so you try to fast track it but that's just not how anything works you can't fast track it you can't fast track meaningful relationships you can't fast track meaningful businesses you can't do quick get quick rich schemes anything you try to do that is fast loose and easy is going to fall apart click for click click baiting um, anything that has been like quick headline grabs those things they either get regulated or they get turned off or people start to catch on uh, you know nobody accepts an email from uh, the king of Nigeria anymore like we know that now <laughs> you know M people see MLMs um, coming from a mile away at least the unhealthy ones because there are healthy ones that do exist Luluru for example um, and there are situations in which you know yeah people just catch on so even when you're in a desperate situation it's not necessarily about you controlling other people right if you're in a financial situation and this is something I've had to consider where you're trying to have your own business and you're not making enough money, you can't fast track it. You can't just try to force someone to click the buy button. It's not like you can grab their hand and press it, right? That's just not gonna work, it's not gonna happen. And the more you try to push the issue, the more you turn people off. And the challenge, and I've been reading Seth Godin's Permission Marketing, is that he talks about most of the time when you lose a customer, you tend to lose a customer forever depending on the context, depending on their relationship and understanding of you. But if they see me as someone that is just constantly spamming them and constantly hitting them with some sort of like, buy now, please buy this. I'm desperate. Please help me. Please buy this. Please buy this. They're just going to get annoyed. They're going to click away and they're not going to follow you again because they know or they assume that you're only ever going to try to sell them. You have no investment or stake in who they are or what they want. And frankly, that's just human. <laughs> we all want things from other people. We all are looking for what's in it for us. That's just what we do. That's just like human nature. So you can't fault people for that. That's just what it is. That's just reality. And the reality of the situation is that if you are someone who is desperate for money in that context of starting your own business, then maybe you should get a job. Or maybe you need to find a way to start flipping things. Go to a yard sale and buy something cheap and then go online and sell it on eBay. Or find some other way that you can get cash and separate your creative endeavor or your business endeavor from the desire and need to get cash quick. You know, because you don't want to alienate your reputation, your business, your idea by trying to fast track it and force people to buy it when they're not ready to buy it. You know, so Seth Godin in Permission Marketing basically talks about um, the, the sort of path that I, I sort of changed a little bit, but it's like you, you develop fans, then friends, then customers, then loyal customers, then former customers. That's basically the path. They become fans. They kind of like what you do. They see that you're an artist. They see that you're creative. They like, they know what you're capable of. And it's just exposure, basically. And then someone becomes a friend. You know, you start to connect. They start to leave comments and you reply to their comments and you connect with each other. 
and then the customer aspect they become a customer maybe they eventually buy something and that's great now they're in your world and they've bought something from you and now you know they've bought something from you so they're more likely to buy something from you again that means you collect their email address or you put them into some sort of internet bucket or or maybe they're on your text message list or something like that so that you know when you have something new you can ask them first they are a loyal customer but if you were to betray that trust and you go to that loyal customer or that loyal customer sees you offer a lower cheaper price to another person who is not a loyal customer or someone who's a new customer or you become desperate and make the choice of lowering your rates on instead of honoring the loyal person or going to them first instead of the loyal customer then that loyal customer is going to like lose trust again and they may become a former customer they'll never come back so desperation is not very helpful in that scenario it's a matter of taking your time building those relationships building connections and really that's the theme all throughout this right it's like with your relationships you need to build connections you need to take your time you need to make smart choices same with finances finances not finances finances <laughs> you need to take your time make better choices and realize that it's not about withholding or controlling but that sometimes you need to spend a little more you need to give a little more and usually you need to give more that's just the thing you have to give more to eventually ask for more for something from someone else that's just the nature of reality you know think about how you respond to things how you would like things to go and use that desperation as a beacon of understanding okay this desperation means i need to fix this this is a feeling and like i've expressed multiple times a feeling is not necessarily a negative emotion all the time you know there are things that we associate as negative emotions but they are just usually we assign a positive or negative charge to something the emotion at first is in a neutral state the second you experience the emotion it's in a neutral state so that neutral state allows you to identify what this emotion is trying to tell you this desperation says i need money i need security i need a sense of safety i need to feel like i know where the future is going i need to understand where where things are going I need to know what's coming next. I need to know that I can trust people. I need to know that I can trust my partner. I need to know that I'm going to be okay. That's really the questions that we're asking when we get into that desperate place. And I think if you ask that question of yourself and then try to fill in the blanks there, which usually comes from just making sure that you are not getting into that place of repression or control, especially us introverts, we tend to keep things inside and not communicate what we're feeling. Be real, you know, so it's you can kind of split that up and I'll kind of wrap this up on that idea is that control is usually more of the extrovert angle. Extroverts will spend a little bit more time most likely trying to control the situation or trying to control the other person. Introverts are capable of it, too, but more likely it'll be extroverts. And the opposite for introverts, they're more likely to experience a form of repression, not saying what they mean, what they feel, what they want or going for what they want. And you know, extroverts can have the same kind of thing because they might want to avoid conflict. Um, but it's essentially introverts are going to have a little bit more of the uh, drive to repress some of their feelings and emotions. So uh, I'm glad we kind of landed somewhere when it comes to this topic of desperation. But I think at the end of the day, if you're just being aware of when in your desperate, this desperate feeling to not repress what's going on or what you need to do, and to not try to control other people, 
I think you can eventually find your find your way out of this desperate place. So, all that being said, I think this is a good time, since we talked a little bit about introverts and extroverts, to tell you that I have a free beginner's Myers-Briggs course at bit.ly slash dope intro to type. I'll put the link in the description. It's all lowercase. I need to come up with a short URL for that, but <laughs> uh, bit.ly slash dope intro to type. It is a, uh, basically it's a uh, audio course that comes into your email inbox every day and you listen to the segments, their audio segments, and I explain the uh, dichotomies of Myers-Briggs and how it works and how you can use it for personal growth and how you can better understand uh, yourself and other people and your partner so that when you do have those communication discussions, you can understand them better and they can understand you better. So um, with that, uh, I hope you guys go to dopamine.life and leave a comment here on this episode, or you can leave me an email or hit me up at let's go see note on all the social channels. Um, I also have articles in the community there at dopamine.life. So feel free to go check those things out as well. And um, again, bit.ly slash dope intro to type. So uh, leave a rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, uh, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. I like pocket casts personally. Um, and then I use anchor to create this podcast. So, um, if you have any other questions for me, you can leave a voice message. There's a link in the description to leave a voice message here on anchor and I can feature your question or, um, you know, just say hi and let me know that you're a listener and I appreciate you. So that's it for this episode. Take care of yourselves and each other and I'll catch you next time on dopamine. See ya. Hey, you beautiful human. Thanks for listening to Dopamine and providing your support for this show. I really, really appreciate it. If you really love this show, leave a review on iTunes and Stitcher to show some love for the podcast. You can also check out cnote.media to check out my work and my courses. But um, with that, we'll catch you next time. See you guys later. This has been a C-Note Media Production.